The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. C. diff, spores, and more is brought to you by Clorox Healthcare, trusted solutions for your infection prevention needs. Visit us on the web at CloroxHealthcare.com. Welcome to C. diff, spores, and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here's your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome and thank you for joining us today on C. diff, spores, and more global broadcasting network. We would like to thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for making this program possible. Visit the Clorox Healthcare website to learn more about their products, keeping environments safer, cloroxhealthcare.com forward slash C. diff radio. Today, we welcome our guest, Janine Thomas, a MRSA and C. diff survivor and founder of the MRSA Survivors Network. We welcome Dr. Nathan Ledebor, Associate Professor of Pathology at the Medical College of Wisconsin and Medical Director of Microbiology and Molecular Diagnostics for Wisconsin Diagnostic. Also joining us today will be Dr. Whitney Buckle, Infectious Disease Antimicrobial Stewardship Clinical Pharmacist for Intermountain Medical Center in Murray, Utah. And our last guest this afternoon will be Dr. Stephen Cages, Scientific Affairs Manager within Medical and Scientific Affairs within the Molecular Diagnostics Division of Roche Diagnostics Corporation. They're all here to discuss the importance of the partnership between laboratories and clinical staff for the accurate diagnosis of a C. diff infection. At this time, I would like to welcome Janine Thomas, uh, founder of the MRSA Survivor Network, to our program. Thank you for joining us today, Janine, and it's such a pleasure to have you here with us today. Thank you, Nancy. It's good to be here. Well, thank you. And Janine, there's so much to discuss today. And you're a survivor who has suffered from an accurate and late diagnosis of C. difficile and MRSA. And can you tell us about your health journey? Yes. Um, I was sort of one of the very first. I broke my ankle and was um, had to have hardware put in in December of 2000 and was in during surgery with um, MRSA and was not put on the right antibiotic and I went into septic shock and multiple organs failure had sepsis and I was very sick for a long time a month in the hospital finally I went home and two weeks later I woke up with violent diarrhea fever vomiting and I went to the ER and they did a stool sample and which was not conclusive, you know, and they, they had to do another one and um, few, few days later, and then I was diagnosed with C. difficile. Oh, Janine, we are terribly sorry. You endured so much, and you have our, you know, sincere empathy on all of that. Uh, going from, you know, the MRSA into sepsis, and that's enough right there. And then on top of it, you had a C. diff infection as well. Yes, yes. It was just a, then you're on a cocktail of antibiotics. 
there weren't many drugs back then, and so as many, so it was it was very rough, very very mm-hmm. very hard. Absolutely, I, I can't even imagine. And Janine, can you tell us the role of, of diagnosis in your treatment? Well, when I had diagnosis, it was just clinical cultures. So it took three days to get a result. And by then, I'd gone in on in the hospital on a Friday night, which you never want to do in the ER. And so it took the whole weekend. My cultures didn't come back from Friday from MRSA. And the same thing happened when I had C. diff is they had a problem with the culture and so that they, you know, had to redo it you know, three, four days later, so there was a delay because there was no rapid testing at that time. So I know that made me more ill because um, they couldn't diagnose it as soon as they, you know, could have or now that they can. Right, exactly. And Janine, um, so looking back, what do you think would have helped change your journey for this in a better way? Definitely um, rapid testing because the more the more the quicker you can get your diagnosis, the the right um, antibiotic treatment can be put you know given to you, and that can be for many people, especially if they are elderly, that can be life or death. And so I think that that's really important to you know rapid testing is to get that diagnosis as soon as possible and get on the the right antibiotic. Exactly. We agree with you there, and we thank you so much for that answer. And, and Janine, what has life been like for you since your initial uh, episodes of MRSA and C. difficile infection? I was sick for five years. Um, with MRSA, it moved, you know, nothing. It's treatable but incurable. goes dormant. It moved into my sinuses, and no antibiotic was um, working for it. I was up to 4,000 milligrams a day. I mean, I was just barely functioning because... They just, the answer was then just to give more antibiotics. So my life was, I spent, in five years, I spent a total of 17 months in bed. And um, it was a very, very difficult time. You know, it was, nobody really knew what to do for me. And um, so it was just, the reason why I started my organization was to give support. But uh, what I have now is a, you know, compromised immune system because of all the antibiotics I took and all of surgeries and everything I had has really changed my microbiome, which, you know, even with probiotics, I cannot get it back to what it, you know, what it was before that. So it's, um, you have to live, you know, very different lifestyle, be very careful, get a lot of rest. And this is what you live with, you know, and hoping that you don't get some infection so that you have to take, you know, I try to not take any antibiotics. Exactly. And just like you said, you do everything possible to just keep yourself well and away from other uh, microorganisms because of your immune system, correct? Yes, yes. It's just, um, you know, I mean, viruses attack me in the wintertime. <laughs> I can't go to my gym because I'll go to the gym and I'll come home. Even though I do saline washes, I wash my hands, don't touch anything out the door, but I will, have a, I will come down with a virus. So this is your immune system that just can't fight off anymore, you know, like it could. It's not as strong. And so, you know, it changes your lifestyle forever exactly yeah it does and it's a life it's a life um it's a forever lasting um change and we understand that and i'm so so sorry really i am and you're welcome for a reason so i you know i'm the first patient advocate to raise the alarm 
fought MRSA and HAI, so I feel that, you know, I was, I survived. I, my leg was not amputated, and so many, there were things that I turned around, you know, as a positive to help with this, um, these issues. Exactly. And we're so glad you did. And at this time, uh, Janine, before we go to break, would you mind taking a minute and uh, explain to our global listeners how they can learn more about your organization? Yes, we are um, MercerSurvivors.org. That's our website. We are on Facebook. We do social media, but we have a very comprehensive website. And so MercerSurvivors.org, we have a crisis hotline. So we help people with any type of infection because there are many people out there, they just don't really know what they have, too. Exactly. We understand from the CEDA Foundation side, we're right with you, right there, walk the same path. So we do understand, and we're so glad you are here, and and we're so happy that you made it through all this, and you're helping the thousands and millions out there who really need to help also. And we thank you again for joining us today, Janine, and and for sharing your journey uh, through a MRSA and a C. diff infection. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for the work you do. Oh, thank you, and thank you so much. And right now, we're going to pause for a commercial break. When we return, we will continue learning more about the importance of the partnership between laboratories and clinical staff for the accurate diagnosis of a C. difficile infection with Dr. Nathan Lederberg, Associate Professor of Pathology at the Medical College of Wisconsin and Medical Director of Microbiology and Molecular Diagnostics for Wisconsin Diagnostic. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these important messages. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The CDF Foundation offers global community support sessions. CDF can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety, as well as learn about upcoming events, teleconferences, and support sessions. To register for a session, call the CDF Foundation at 1-844-4CDF. 1-844-367-2343 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms, and you're on the cusp of a new journey breastfeeding as a new parent you receive a lot of advice much of it conflicting some of it outdated tune into born to be breastfed with host marie biancuzo to bust through the myths about feeding your baby marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey listen every monday at 6 p.m eastern time 3 p.m pacific time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
causes us to be sick. We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to C. diff, spores, and more, and we welcome our listeners joining us today. It's a pleasure to introduce Dr. Nathan Ledebor, Associate Professor of Pathology at the Medical College of Wisconsin and Medical Director of Microbiology and Molecular Diagnostics for Wisconsin Diagnostic. Welcome, Dr. Ledebor. Thank you, Nancy. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, well, it's a pleasure to have you here, and we thank you so much for taking time out for joining us today. My pleasure. Okay, well, we are not going to waste any time here, and I know that you have some important information of testing the right samples uh, for the laboratory, and can you start by giving our global listeners an overview to the different types of tests used um, for C. difficile testing? Sure. So, first of all, I want to say my heart absolutely goes out uh, to Janine. What a terrible experience to have gone through, and the good thing is, our testing has gotten a lot better since her horrible experience. So there are a lot of different options for testing for C. difficile. The basic way and the way that everybody basically compares as a gold standard, if you will, is to try to culture the organism. Once we culture the organism, we can test it for the presence or its ability to produce toxins, and then we can make a diagnosis of C. diff. Now, while this is really the most sensitive method or one of the most sensitive methods that are available, the real problem, as Janine had stated, was the turnaround time is terrible. It can take anywhere from two all the way up to five days to turn results around, and really, time is of the essence for these types of infections. So we can also look at technologies like like glutaraldehyde dehydrogenase or the GDH test, which can test for basically a component of the C. difficile organism and allow us to screen stools very, very rapidly for these organisms. These are really good tests, but their sensitivity is only about 85% compared to that culture gold standard. We can also use ELISA assays or EIA assays where we look for the toxin that is produced by the organism. These were very, very commonplace prior to about 2009 in the U.S. and worldwide, um, but have subsequently largely been replaced or placed into different levels of status because their sensitivity wasn't particularly good, demonstrating at least what's reported in the literature of about 50%. And most recently, we've seen development of technologies like PCR or polymerase chain reaction. 
These are incredibly sensitive tests, demonstrating greater than 95% sensitivity compared to that culture gold standard, um, and they can be turned around in very, very uh, little amounts of times, in many cases less than a, uh, a half hour, 45 minutes. Well, and doctor, what do the guidelines recommend for testing today? So the guidelines are slightly different based upon the country that you're in and based upon uh, the methodology that you're choosing. So in the United Kingdom, as an example, um, their recommendation is very strongly in favor of GDH or the glutaraldehyde dehydrogenase plus an EIA, which can then be reflexed to PCR for discordance. In the U.S., we have several different options. The guidelines will say you can use PCR only, you can use GDH plus an EIA assay, and then again, reflexing those um, to PCR for discordance. But the key with all of the guidelines, I have to say, is time is of the essence, and we really want to get results turned around in a clinically meaningful time frame so that decisions can be made based on those results. Exactly. And we couldn't agree more with you on that topic also. Um, Doctor, how do these tests compare to their ability to, to detect C. difficile infections? Sure. So it's been well documented that PCR is more sensitive than any of the other methods, particularly to GDH uh, or glutaraldehyde dehydrogenase and the EIA assay looking for the C. diff toxin. Um, GDH has good sensitivity but it has poor specificity because it doesn't actually test for toxigenic C. difficile. EIA, in contrast, because it looks for that toxin, has really good specificity, or means it, it, which means if you detect a positive, it's a real positive, but it has poor sensitivity. This is why these two tests, the GDH and the EIA, are generally recommended to be done as a combination as opposed to doing either one as a standalone test. Um, PCR has the advantage of both good sensitivity and good specificity, but has been reported in the literature to potentially even be too sensitive. So if the GDH and EIA tests are less sensitive, then why hasn't everyone switched to molecular testing methods? There's a number of different reasons why everyone hasn't switched to molecular testing. First and foremost, cost has been a very significant concern. Our goal is always to provide the absolute best quality patient uh, care that we can to our patients and to do so in a cost-effective manner. So one of the advantages of GDH uh, and EIA is they're considerably cheaper than most PCR tests. One of the other big reasons that we haven't seen wider adoption of PCR is there's still a large uh, discussion that's been happening in the scientific literature over potential for overdiagnosis associated with PCR. We all carry C. difficile, or many of us can carry C. difficile as normal flora in our colon. And this really, the only time we really tend to see C. diff as a major infection issue is when patients get exposed to antibiotics. So we really have to develop a balance between detecting all of those patients that are truly infected and making sure that we don't overdiagnose patients as well. Exactly. And we have read a lot of abstracts about that information also. So the overdiagnosis sounds pretty bad, doctor. And when are when we are all trying to be diligent about the appropriate use of antibiotics, we certainly don't want to be over-prescribing them. So that's, absolute, that's absolutely correct. And we don't want to over-treat patients, but we want to make sure 
that those patients that are truly infected and truly need to be treated also get treated in as timely of a manner as possible. The other thing to consider with this is with less sensitive tests, you run the risk that you may miss truly positive patients as well, leaving them untreated and with the potential for their infection to get much worse, developing into things like toxic megacolon or the diarrhea getting even worse with that. Exactly. And doctor, so is the PCR really too sensitive to use? I think it's a critical question. I think um, we need more research in order to continue to evaluate that question. And I know our next speaker is going to talk a lot about reservoirs of C. diff and talk about how we manage these patients from an infection prevention perspective. But it's critical to think about no matter what testing methodology we use, it really needs to be done on clinically relevant samples or the best samples. This means that we need to collect samples from only those patients that are at risk for C. diff. We only should test those that are at risk for C. diff with the C. diff test. We also need to ensure that patients have prior exposure history to antibiotics and have not been given any medications that would cause diarrhea as a side effect. So basically, we need to raise the chance of getting a positive for C. diff by very closely looking at our patients and making sure that those patients that we test are ultimately the ones who really should be tested. Exactly. Dr. Ledebor, can you explain one thing to us? And that's the, the GDH and the EIA. Can those tests be done on a non-form stool? Well, any test can be done. Any test can really be done on a non-form stool. Um, but the question is really, based on the guideline, what should be done? And the guidelines suggest that testing should only be done on liquid stools or stools that take the shape of the container that they're contained in. If we test using a formed stool, we really increase that risk of getting a false positive across, whether it's the GDH test, the EIA test, or even the PCR test. Thank you for explaining that. Uh, a lot of patients do call into the CETA Foundation asking, um, you know, if they have a formed stool, can they still have the PCR or a test done on that? So it's a question we get often in the laboratory, and it's really it's a discussion that needs to happen between the patient, the doctor that's treating that patient, and the laboratory um, that's ultimately doing the testing. Right, exactly. That's exactly what we do. We refer them back to all of the above. Well, Dr. Ledebor, we thank you so much for joining us today and sharing this important information with our global listeners. Thank you, Nancy. It's been my pleasure. Well, thank you, and we hope to see you and have you hear you back again next year, too, with your guests. And before pausing for a commercial break, on behalf of the members of the CEDA Foundation, we would like to extend our gratitude to the Clorox Healthcare, Saris Therapeutics, Rebiotics, Summit Therapeutics, and Tomi Environmental Solutions Theramist for being platinum sponsors of the fourth annual International Raising C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo taking place on September 20th in Atlanta, Georgia. We would also like to thank all of the companies for being a sponsor and for participating at this year's annual conference. We look forward to meeting everyone on September 20th in Atlanta. Now for a commercial break, and when we return, we will continue learning more about the importance of the partnership between laboratories and clinical staff for the accurate diagnosis of a C. diff infection with Dr. Whitney Buckle, infectious disease, antimicrobial stewardship, clinical pharmacist for Intermountain Medical Center in Murray, Utah. 
Thank you and stay tuned. We'll be right back after these important messages. Join us on September 20th in Atlanta, Georgia for the 4th Annual International Raising C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo. Visit the C. diff Foundation website at cdifffoundation.org for event details or contact the C. diff Foundation at 919-201-1512 for additional information. Again, the website is cdifffoundation.org. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products, EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes, trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing. Number one in infection prevention. For additional information on handwashing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to C. Dip Spores and More Global Broadcasting Network. We welcome our listeners joining us today. It's a pleasure to introduce Dr. Whitney R. Buckle, Infectious Disease Antimicrobial Stewardship Clinical Pharmacist for Intermountain Medical Center in Murray, Utah. Welcome to the program, Dr. Buckle. Thank you, Nancy. Well, we are so happy to have you here and appreciate you taking the time to be with us. My pleasure. Well, we know that there is an importance of testing the right samples and staff training perspective also. And um, Dr. Buckle, can you explain to our global listeners how C. difficile diarrhea is defined? Yes. So C. difficile diarrhea is defined as the passage of three or more unformed loose stools in 24 or fewer consecutive hours. Other diarrheas may be defined differently, but um, we really focus on them being unformed and also having at least three in that 24-hour period. Okay, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. And who is at risk for a C. difficile infection? The main risk factor for C. difficile infection is antibiotics, especially broad-spectrum antibiotics and prolonged durations of antibiotics. These alter or deplete normal intestinal flora. So, um, Some of the patients that you might think are hospitalized patients who are receiving antibiotics, those living in nursing homes, but also those in the community who receive uh, broad-spectrum antibiotics as well. Okay. Then who should be tested for a C. difficile infection? So in most cases, testing for C. difficile should only be performed 
on patients who meet the definition of diarrhea that we just discussed. And uh, if they meet that uh, definition but they have another explanation, then we don't usually test as well or we wait to test. So if somebody has just used a laxative and that's probably the cause of diarrhea, then then we would wait to test. Um, Or if they have one or two episodes of diarrhea but it resolves on its own, then we also recommend not sending a stool sample. Okay, and Dr. Buckle. And we have a really good question. What if a patient has C. difficile in the stool, but no signs or symptoms of this infection? Yes, that's a great question. I think uh, Dr. Lodebor touched on this briefly, but there's something called colonization. So a patient who has a stool that's positive for C. difficile, but no other signs or symptoms is considered to be colonized and treatment is not indicated. So this means that the bacteria is living in that area, but it's not causing any trouble or any symptoms. So we don't send tests unless patients have those um, severe severe symptoms. Um, And occasionally patients um, who are in the hospital may not have the same level of symptoms, and there are exceptions. But for most cases, we have patients who have diarrhea, are um, the only patients that we treat. Okay. And Dr. Buckle, how often are people colonized with a C. difficile infection or just with C. difficile spores? So colon colonization of C. difficile occurs in about 3% of healthy adults. Uh, this may be higher in patients coming from nursing homes um, or poor patients who are co- um, hospitalized, but healthy adults probably around 3%. Okay, and why is it important to appropriately document number and volume of stools? So I mentioned that it's important to only test those patients who meet the definition of diarrhea, and that's one thing that we really educate our staff on here. And so in order to be able to appropriately assess patients, uh, we need to have appropriate documentation of the number and the volume of of stool. Okay, and that we, as you had said, that's three or more loose stools in a 24-hour period, correct? Correct. Okay. And Dr. Buckle, how exactly is C. difficile transmitted? So C. difficile is spread by spores. um, And the tricky thing about spores is that they can survive for months in the environment, and they're not killed by alcohol, hand gels, or traditional room cleaning procedures. So um, surfaces, devices, or materials can become contaminated with C. difficile and serve as a reservoir for transmission. So it may be that you would get it directly from somebody else who has it on their hands, but it could also be that it would be transmitted um, on these, these surfaces. And healthcare profes- um, personnel... Um, or, or can be a potential source with their hands, but also they touch those contaminated surfaces and then touch other patients as well. Okay, so it really is by the hands. And Dr. Buckle, what can we all do to prevent the spread of C. difficile? One of the most important things is hand washing. So uh, because C. difficile is not killed by standard alcohol hand gels, uh, we really recommend soap and water important hand hygiene and, and hand hygiene uh, before, you know, after using the restroom, before eating, those are especially important times um, where hand washing is very important. And then there's also um, 
cleaning the environment daily upon discharge and disinfecting with bleach or um, a few other products that have claims for cleaning C. difficile is really important. Um, One of the things that we do sometimes in the hospital is we have contact precautions. So in addition to hand hygiene and cleaning the environment daily, um, they also wear gowns to try to prevent clothing from being contaminated. Exactly. And for more information about hand washing and the procedures, anyone can go to the cdifffoundation.org website and we actually have demonstrations and a video um, that's offered on the website. And Dr. Buckle, um, do I, I need to get a negative test to remove a patient from contact precautions? Yeah, so one of the questions is, you know, is there a follow-up test to document that somebody is negative? And we don't recommend that patients get a repeat testing to determine that their stool is negative. And that varies from facility to facility. So some facilities um, will do, you know, will do repeat testing, but most facilities anymore do not. And they recommend um, continuing patients on contact precautions, so special precautions of cleaning the room and, and gowning and gloving until, for the duration of the patient's hospitalization. Okay, wonderful. Well, Dr. Buckle, we thank you so much for joining us today and sharing this important information with our global listeners. Um, We appreciate everything that you shared here today. Thank you. My pleasure. Well, we are going to pause right now for a commercial break. When we return, we will continue learning more about the importance of the partnership between laboratories and clinical staff for the accurate diagnosis of a C. difficile infection with Dr. Stephen Cages, Scientific Affairs Manager within Medical and Scientific Affairs within the Molecular Diagnostics Division of Roche Diagnostics Corporation. We will return after these important messages. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products, EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes, trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products, EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes, trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. To help support the C. diff foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate, or call toll-free 1-844-4-C-DIFF. That's 1-844-367-2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? 
visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to C. diff, spores, and more, Global Broadcasting Network, and we welcome our listeners joining us today. It's a pleasure to introduce Dr. Stephen Kagis, Scientific Affairs Manager within Medical and Scientific Affairs within the Molecular Diagnostics Division of Roche Diagnostics Corporation. Welcome to the program, Dr. Kagis. Thank you very much, Nancy. You're very welcome. And Dr. Kagis, would you mind taking this time to introduce our global listeners to Roche Diagnostics Corporation and their new Cobus C. difficile test? Absolutely. It would be my pleasure. First of all, on behalf of Roche, I'd like to say how grateful we are to you and for organizing this show. This is a really important education that you're providing through your organization, and we know that it has a significant impact on the lives of the listeners. I also want to thank thank you for this opportunity to share with your listeners a little bit about us as a company. So Roche was founded in 1896, and our focus has always been on advancing science to improve the lives of patients. For the last 25 years, our molecular diagnostics division, of which I'm a part of, has been developing screening and diagnostic tests for many different kinds of diseases. And the technology that we use is the Nobel Prize winning PCR technology. One of our earliest tests actually allowed physicians to understand how much HIV virus was circulating in a person's blood, which allowed them to determine how effectively their drug therapy was working. And using that innovative spirit, we have continued through today, and we continue to bring new tools to physicians and labs. So one particular example of that is the COBOS C-diff test, which is an FDA-cleared test It was FDA-cleared last year, and it provides a testing solution with excellent sensitivity and specificity. So those are the terms that Dr. Ledebauer was actually using earlier. In addition, it runs on our fully automated instrument, which minimizes the time and effort that the lab needs to generate these results. Again, going back to the idea of a fast turnaround time. Roche has a longstanding commitment to investing heavily in research and development, And part of what we consider to be innovation is improving the medical value of tests for physicians, labs, and patients. For example, with our C. diff test, we include an internal control, which is essentially an unrelated randomized DNA sequence. And this control is added to all patient samples prior to automated sample preparation. And then it's amplified and detected simultaneously with each sample to monitor the entire process. In addition, the COBOS C-diff test has been validated with over 30 toxinotypes and 20 ribotypes. We want to make sure that labs, physicians, and patients can all be confident in their test results and the decisions they make on that basis. Of course, C-diff and healthcare-associated infections are just one of the disease areas where our molecular diagnostics division offers testing solutions. We also offer IVD tests with applications in virology, women's health, blood screening, genomics, and oncology. 
As a company, Roche is constantly searching for better ways to prevent, diagnose, and treat diseases and make a sustainable contribution to society. And we're committed to working with our lab and clinical partners to help improve the management of disease one patient at a time. So in that context, we are grateful for the opportunity to participate in this program about finding solutions to help the diagnosis of C. diff. Thank you very much again for putting it together and having me on the program. Well, Dr. Kagas, we thank you, and we appreciate and thank you for providing um, to the labs and clinicians and, and for the patients to accurately treat the patients worldwide, and we are really sincerely grateful for that. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Really appreciate you having us on the program today. Oh, well, we thank you, Dr. Kagas, and uh, we thank you also for our guests on this week's episode, uh, More Global, um, the Seed of Spores and More Global Broadcasting Network, along with the guests Janine Thomas, Dr. Nathan Lenabor, and Dr. Buckle. We thank you so much for sharing your time with us today to discuss the importance of the partnership between laboratories and clinical staff for the accurate diagnosis of C. diff infections. Join us every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, as we discuss up-to-date information with topic experts and company professionals whose focus is C. difficile infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety products, and much more. Once again, we thank our official sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for making this program possible. Visit their website, cloroxhealthcare.com forward slash C. diff radio. We send out our get well wishes to all the patients being treated and recovering from a C. difficile infection and all wellness draining illnesses across the globe. I'm your host, Nancy Corrala, and until next week, none of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. Thank you so much again for joining us this week, and we wish each and every one of you good health and try to have a good day. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your host, Nancy Kerala, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. C. diff, spores, and more is brought to you by Clorox Healthcare, trusted solutions for your infection prevention needs. Visit us on the web at cloroxhealthcare.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.